Welcome back to another exciting episode of No Quest for the Wicked Gentlemen. I have two questions for you. Proceed. Yes. Are you ready to rock? I am. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, think I, mean, we, I think we just did a war crime, but... Um, I don't know. Does it count as a war crime if we didn't do it? Well, we sort of helped. Did we? More importantly, are you ready to roll? Yeah. I got a, a brand new hefty set of dice from Misty Mountain, so I'm very mm-hmm. ready to roll. In fact, I'm eager to. It'll be, it'll be a rolling light episode, because we're in a space between. You guys are currently drifting outside of what was formerly Usuron which is now just a bunch of space rubble. You've just witnessed a planet tear itself apart due to the extreme toxicity of the mineral that was being mined there. And you have recently lost a friend, Satir, who just died from the poisoning of being silver liquided. But with his dying breath, he gave you some hope that uh, one of your former crewmates, Query, is located somewhere on me. So I'm going to let you guys figure out what you want to do, what your next steps are. <laughs> That's a broad question. All right. Um, hey, everyone, what's our next steps? So I guess right now we're currently in the, still in like the ship area. We're just, just getting out of the rubble, the wreckage, the explosion. I've given everybody a coffee. Oh, th- thanks, Cody. Yeah, n- no worries. It's good. It's good. You've gotten better at that. I use the machine. Uh, Cody, can you take us to some part of space where we can just float for the night and be safe, hopefully undetected, just to collect our thoughts? Sure. Empty patch coming right up. I just hop in the driver's seat and punch it. Uh, I just give, I think I give Merrick a worried look at this, but... Yeah, so I think when we get to this this empty patch, it's been a big day for everybody here. And a lot. We, um, I think we should get some rest. Um, there's a lot to process, a lot to sift through. But before we do that, I do want to say I'm proud of everybody for uh, getting us out safely. Everyone did their part. I know we maybe, there's a lot to look back on and to self-reflect upon, but um, good work. I think we would have made most of the same decisions again if we did it one more time. So don't be too hard on yourselves. Catherine, there should be a, a room available for you. So please choose whatever's free. Thanks. Everyone rest. The bar is open. So if you need a drink, I will not blame you. That's usually where I'll be heading. I'll head down to the bar. I'm going to, yeah, I'll get up and just follow Durin. Yeah, this is a heavy, there's a lot of heavy stuff happening. I don't think Durin's going to be the one to help people process their emotions. So who's going to sit at the bar? Cody's going to pilot for a bit and then he's going to head to the gym. Okay, uh, so Merrick, Duran, you guys are going to the bar? Yeah. Yes. I think Jenny's going to go there with you, and Cathan is going to walk there. He grabs a bottle that's about like a quarter full, uh, turns to look at you and says, do you mind? No. Ah, go right ahead. He nods again and uh, disappears down into the crew quarter hallway. And Jenny just goes and uh, to the corner where the stage is set up. And she picks up one of her guitars and just uh, sits down on the edge of it and just kind of like noodles on the guitar. She's not really playing anything in particular, but she's just kind of riffing. So it's a lot. So, yeah, we just uh, helped destroy a planet. I don't think we helped. Does that count as helping? Well, we didn't hurt, Dur. We we dropped the ball today. How? We should have killed Satir as soon as we knew he was scooped. Maybe. That was naive for both you and I. You're not wrong. I guess I... We, we know there's no cure. We don't really know, but we do know, don't we? I don't know. I was hoping for I was hoping for it, man. I was... 
it was like the first piece of good news and damn it. I didn't want to let it go. I know. I don't think we can trust the ministry anymore. No, no. Maybe Ashford herself. Uh, she's not directly with the ministry, obviously, but I don't know. I'm not even sure if we can trust them. Well, I think for now um, we can just be careful for what we ask for and what information we take and use. Yeah. Yeah. Man, why, why does it feel like I'm the only one here that has like healthy relationships? You know, like what? What? <laughs> like I used to kill people for a living. Now I have the healthiest relationships on the entire ship. Yeah. Merrick uh, pulls up a third glass and just puts a bit into it and sort of just cheers it, whispers to, you know, to Zane. I can't believe that happened today. It feels like so much happened since then. Does that mean we have to stop by your uh, your family or something now? That can that's the bottom of the list. I don't know. Does that mean your entire family is now at your beck and call and you can use them for means no. to an end? No. Well, maybe but the old parts of my family will find a way to keep tradition alive for now. What does that mean? Umana would have wanted this, Umana would have wanted that, America's too new, too different. So that's a fight I can have after we've saved the universe. Not the best track record, you know? No. No. So what's next from here? I guess we go to Neem? I don't know. I guess we do. Does that mean we have to start killing our fr- our old friends now? Because they're 100% when we get there, they're going to be gooped. Well, at the very least, we can have a little asterisk. If a uh, evil god speaks through them, we probably stab them. How's that sound? You know what? That's a, that's a good rule. If an evil that's god good. is speaking through someone, we just down them. Just down them on the spot. Yeah. Durin, I'm only going to ask this of you. What's if that? If I get gooped, take me out. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You put, you put the rule out there. There's There was no asterisk next to it. Yeah, not for I me. Expect, I expect the same of you as well. Hmm. I'm tired of being used. I'm tired of all of this, really. It feels like we have so many pieces, but we don't really know what's going on, right? I don't know. I feel like if trouble is just going to find us. So at this point... Take the small leads we have, go to knee, and eventually, you know, I can say this to you, the only positive, if we want to call it that, about a planet exploding yeah, could be that Project Dahlia is delayed, whatever that is. They needed all that mineral. They had a lot of cases there with the mark on it, so maybe with the loss of that. would have slowed it down. We don't even know if if Dahlia is a bad thing in general. It's just the thing. We don't have any details about it. It's so frustrating. I assume that this Dahlia project is what awoke this thing that we're dealing with. But once again, who knows? I feel like we've got missing pieces. Azen wouldn't explain much of anything. How much of like Azen is Azen or how much of Azen is Goop? It's a weird uh, question, I know, but it's just like, he's such a wild card. I don't know where to place him. And when I see a wild card, I want to remove it off the table as fast as possible. Well, maybe he just got exploded. Ah, ah. <laughs> come on yeah there's no way yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he was attached to the bottom of our ship right now on our way to knee we pan out short jack <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so we have cody who's going through this thing i'm not gonna be the one to talk to him about it let's give him some time and uh bring it up when we can i'm going to leave that there Cody, you said you're going to the gym? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to like set up a heavy bag on a chain that like is in like uh, almost like a zip line 
and I'm just going to be practicing like bull rushing with like charging into it and seeing how far I can throw it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you do that for uh, a good amount of time. And, you know, we're going to start with you for your cramped quarters. So you're walking back from the gym or your makeshift gym. And uh, Jenny is in her room and her door is open and she's listening to some music that you've heard before. And there's not a lot of that that exists. And it's a it's like a like a song from the 80s. What song do you think Cody would hear and immediately have like a reaction to? Probably like going nowhere fast from Streets of Fire. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's playing in her room. And uh, you can see her rummaging around through the, you know, of the people who joined this ship. She had the most shit like priests loaded her in uh, when she joined. And she's got this footlocker that she's just kind of like shuffling through. And when she sees you kind of like catch the music, she looks up and she says, oh, you like the tunes? Yeah, this is from one of my favorite movies. One of Alpha's too. Didn't know you were a fan. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course I have. I'm kind of a, uh, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to, to old earth stuff. Come here. Why do you just get cooler every time I talk to you? It's just a hazard of the business, I guess. And she turns the footlocker around so that it's, uh, facing you. And inside is, uh, a fair number of vinyl records. But then there is like a catalog of cassette tapes and it's oh my all God. music. It's like Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. Uh, poison like it's all these like 80s bands but they all look like all the logos are like white masking tape with handwriting on it so none of them are official she pulls one out and she shows it to you and even the cover itself is hand-drawn it's a hand-drawn replica or like a recreation of the actual album cover and she hands you one just randomly and she says it's tough to get things from a planet that is uh, destroyed, but for the right collector, you can kind of you can find it. It's pricey, but uh, you know the the benefit of being a semi-famous or formerly semi-famous rock star. You know you have a little bit of little bit of cash floating around to spend on frivolous things. These are amazing. Alpha would have loved you. <laughs> hey, maybe he did. I could see it. While you're like looking through this footlocker, you come across a a set of more modern albums, like within the past 30 years, and they are all named Johnny and the Harmonics. Who's this? Uh, She smiles and she says, "Uh, a different time, different clothes, different hair, but same Jenny. It Hmm. was where I started. Quite a cool journey then. She nods and she picks it up and she sort of like, turns it around to look at the the back with all the, the song details and stuff and says, I know you don't remember much, but do you know any of my story? I don't think I do, right? No. Well, should I roll a culture check? You know what? Sure, yeah. It's a chunky dice. Uh, that is, in fact, a 21. Okay. So you know uh, Jenny was, like, a huge musical act. And then... Uh, something happened and she ended up breaking off solo. And when she did her career tanked and there's a lot of rumors that it was like drugs, it was alcohol. She partied too hard. Uh, she was late for gigs, all that kind of shit. 
And she just like trashed her reputation and no one wanted to hire her anymore. And that's how she kind of ended up uh, washed up and has been and ended up taking jobs like the residency or the, yeah, the residency at uh, Surf or mm. on Surf. I, I know you used to be, I've looked you up since we got on the ship because I felt pretty bad about only knowing nothing in Surf. So I know you used to be very famous and then it all got fucked up. But I, I don't know why. I like the little guy. I was the little guy. And she laughs and she says, no, in a broader sense, I like to recognize that when someone has power, that they use that power for good, or at least to, to speak up for those who can. And that's what a lot of my music is about. I found out that my record label was exploiting a lot of the younger talent, especially the ladies. And I blew the whistle. And I didn't stop at my label because I figured if they were doing it, other people were doing it. And I kind of fucked up a lot of major recording labels, whole MO and business plan. And I cost them a lot of money. And in retaliation, they ruined my career. Um, And she pulls out uh, a small, it looks like a like notebook. Like one of those, you know, shitty dollar store with the the metal rings. And she flips through it and she shows like the beginning of her career um, as Johnny and the harmonics. And then uh, at some point in time, there's a name change and it becomes Johnny or Jenny harmonics. And you she shows you like a page of there's one article and it's tiny and it just seems to there's no real meat to it. And it's just like. You know, Jenny Harmonics accuses label of bad business practices. And that's it. And that page is blank. And then on the second page beside it is article and article and article that are long with pictures of being like, you know, Harmonics loses control. Harmonics trashes hotel room. Harmonics doesn't show up for gig. And she hands it to you and she says, the problem with taking on something that is bigger than you is that it often doesn't go your way and it kind of kicks you in the teeth and then when you're down it keeps kicking you you were a hero though i'm sure it meant a lot to all those little guys i hope it did and i hope i maybe you know shook some of the the foundation of what i was fighting against um and she flips to the next couple pages and there is a picture of her standing next to two Sarkeesian mercenaries who have been tied up with a patch, like a a guitar patch cord and a smash guitar over one of them. And she says, when they realized I wouldn't, you know, buckle down from their intimidation, they tried to have me killed. So I was, I was a little worried when you had mentioned the Sarkeesian mercs. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is what it is. I can handle myself. Clearly. You know, there's, there's moments where you worry that your past has come back for you in a bad way. That happens to me, apparently, quite often, and I don't even know what my past is. She smiles, and once again, she starts rummaging through uh, this footlocker, and she pulls out this small, like, hard case, and she clicks it, and she opens it up, and she pulls out this clear plastic device and uh, these shitty wire-framed headphones with these two small bright orange foam headphones and she hands it to you and she says do you know what this this thing is 
cassette player, a Walkman? Um, no. She pulls out one of the cassettes, opens it up. Cody's like trying to open it and they're like very imminently about to break it. <laughs> yeah, she she takes it. She says, look, it's literally a collector's edition. I don't think anyone makes these anymore. I I'll, I guarantee you no one makes these anymore. Um, and she shows you how to like pop the, the tray open and she slides the tape in. She closes it. And then she puts the headphones over your head and onto your ears. And then she pressed play and music begins blaring out of it. And she smiles and she says, this is how I solved a lot of my problems. Um, and then she like turns the, the volume down to it's still playing, but like enough that you can hear her over the music. And she says, this thing got me through a lot of hard times. And it was kind of like my shining beacon of hope. And I feel like at this moment, Cody, you might need some hope. So it's yours. This is really cool. But but I'm okay. If, if you need it, you can, you can keep it going. Uh, she puts a hand on your shoulder and she says, it's yours. Um, and then she turns back around. She rummages through the footlocker one last time, running her fingers over the, the edges of the cassettes, picking out. Uh, a handful of them and she gives you a stack about like seven or eight of them and she says this is kind of where I think you should start and she puts them in your other hand and closes the foot lacquer and like slides it back under the compartment under her bed and she says if you need to talk I'm here and if you need to rock out I'm here but remember sometimes you go against things that are bigger than you and it feels like you're losing the only time you lose, Cody, is when you give up. That's, that, that's good to know. I I don't have anything to give you in return. Would you like a smoke grenade? Uh, she laughs and she says, actually, fuck yeah. Oh, here, I've got like three. I mean, damn, that makes it. T- Do you want all of them? No, no, one's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll get you something better. This is an in-between gift. No, 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 you don't have to do that. This is just fine. Okay, well. These are cool. Thank you. And she takes your smoke grenade. Cool. Yeah. She she goes back to, uh, you know, she's tuning a guitar and kind of listening to some music. Who would you like to do a cramped quarters with? Hmm. Oh, I guess actually first I'll let you know what your Walkman does. Oh, um, so once a day you can uh, zone into some music by listening to whatever you want from your your Walkman. It gives you the ability to reroll any mind affecting or emotion effects. Any Sonic-based effects, you get a plus two if it's DC or a plus two to AC or EAC. Um, this doesn't include, like, attacks, just effects. Okay. So, like, spells would work? Yeah. Or? Spells, um, any sort of trap, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, if someone's using, like, a Sonic weapon on you yeah. because it's, like hitting you uh, yeah. it's not going to do it but like any sort of sonic effect uh you get a plus two to resist it cool yes now you can choose choose someone who'd like to do a cramped quarters with oh i feel like cody's going to bed okay i know that's not fun i know that's not a fun answer but i think he was on his way from the gym to bed and he's doing that it doesn't have to be the same time frame but if you if you don't think cody would interact with someone that is also fine yeah, that, that night for sure, he's going to bed. As the sh- trip progresses, maybe, but for now, he's just okay. he's going to bed. Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push forward to the next day, unless there's something Durin and Merrick want to do immediately this evening. No. <laughs> uh, Fuck nope. that. Okay, cool. Then I will 
you know, you you all get a rest. You guys all have uh, a sleep in the morning. Durin, you get a uh, a buzz on your uh, intercom. Okay. You hear Shortjack say, "Uh, hey, Durin. Um, when, yeah. whenever you get whenever you get a chance, can you swing by the the, the tech workshop? Thank you." Didn't wait for a response. He just. <laughs> I, he right. doesn't want to bother you. There's no, there's no rush. He just, you know, whatever no, you have a second. A, there's always a rush. There's always a rush. There's something's wrong. Let's go. Come on. Just get up and just like put on my little rat overalls and just start walking barefoot through the ship towards uh, <laughs> Short Jack or the uh, tech station. Cool. You get there and Short Jack's actually not there. Who is there is Cathan and he's sitting at the workbench and he's fucking around with things and he's, uh, it doesn't look like he's slept. And it looks like he might still be a little drunk. The bottle that he had taken is mm. sitting on the workbench and it's empty. Um, he's got dark circles under his eyes. His hair isn't tied back anymore. It's loose mm-hmm. and, and falling mm-hmm. over his face. Um, and he has a shit ton of like parts and tools all over him. And he's positioned one of the overhead lights to like be shining right down over his workspace. And he looks up at you and he says, uh, do you, I guess you got Short Jack's message. I I did, and I didn't get any preface about this, that's for sure. Need help with something? Yeah, if you don't mind giving me your professional opinion on this, I'm a little, yeah, sure. little stumped. All right, and I'll like meander over and try to see what he's looking at. I'm like trying to wipe the sleep out of my eyes a bit. Give me an engineering check. All right, engineering. Oh, nat 20. Cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. For a for a thirty nine, <laughs> cool. When you look down at it, your first initial like reaction is, "This makes no sense." Whatever he's doing is chaos. It it doesn't look like anything that he's got going on right now is going to work at all. It looks like you know when kids get their hands on like parts and they're like, "I'm building a whatever." That's <laughs> Kind of what it looks like right now. Like it looks like a mess. And then you start seeing what he's actually trying to do. Mm -hmm. And it looks like he's making a almost like a a silencer that is also a bomb. Ah, oh, that's a weird mixture of things. Okay. (laughs) What's what's the plan for that thing? I I don't know, man. When I'm a little (sighs) tinkering calms me down. And, and and getting my hands on things that don't make sense and making them make sense really, really helps in situations like this. Totally fair. Totally fair. I haven't had a situation like this. My real my question at the core of it is like, why are you making a bomb you know, on our ship more so than anything else? Like, we can definitely give you things to do. This the engine is really finicky at best, but why a bomb? It's it's not a bomb. I'm not making a bomb. You're completely safe. It's it's more of an energy converter than anything. Um, and he like shuffles the parts around. It's almost like he's got a blueprint and with the parts like all spread out. And he shuffles some of the parts around. And now that you like now that he said what he said, you can actually see no. you get you get a better picture of it and it doesn't look like he's building a bomb like that seems okay. to be okay. very much true <laughs> okay but there is like combustion and explosive components to it but it doesn't look like it's you know he's not making 
something okay, that's going okay. to, to to cause harm to you or the ship. I'll get a little closer and just start like looking at it. Like, all right. So, what are the questions you have about it? I just, I, you ever hit a wall? Like, you, you, you have a picture of something, and you know exactly how something is, and then, and then it's just nothing. Yeah, every day. Explain it to me. Start from the beginning. Let's find a hole in that wall. I, I, I need to take the power source. It's it's there, it's strong, it's stable, and I need to funnel it into something that matters. And I need to funnel it into something that changes matter. Uh, and he points to, like, some of the parts that he's working on. Uh, give me another engineering check. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see, I have a 31. Cool. As he's explaining what he's trying to do, you see the parts that aren't mm-hmm. in the right spot. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you sort of like shuffle them around and move them around so that they they get into a sequence that makes sense. And he sighs and sort of like finalizes them and he begins like clicking them together and plugging them in. And now he's got this power source that like glows. And and you hear it like power up with like a... You would have been able to do it yourself if you just got some sleep. You're clearly handy at this. Every time I close my eyes, I see my home tearing itself apart and I know you guys have been through a lot so I'm not here trying to get a sob story or get you to feel bad for me or create a pissing contest of misery should suggest that to Jenny that's a good band name you get a small chuckle out of him and he once again just kind of like begins fiddling with parts and he's like Dern I lost my home yesterday my people are at war and are going to be slaughtered. And I don't know where to go. Yeah. I I have no idea what you're going through, if I'm honest. Um, I've gone through some shit in my day, but, like, it's a lot. Yeah. What I can do, it might not be much, is I give you things to do. Ships always need something to do around here. I want to find out whose idea it was to keep mine in that fucking Iberium despite the fact that they knew it was unsafe. And then I want to put a gun in their mouth and pull the trigger. We can make that happen. And I guess my pitch to you is if you need an extra set of hands and someone who knows how to shoot a gun when the time comes, I'd like to be there when it happens. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'll make it my personal project to find out who the fuck set all that up. Thank you. And as he's nodding, you see like a moment of realization in his eyes and he begins like putting pieces together. It's like when you watch someone who's like really good at solving Rubik's Cubes mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just like go fucking crazy. He, he ends up doing that with this whatever device he's building and it finally comes together and it's not pretty. It's pretty fucking crude in terms of its design. But he holds out his hand and he says, give me give me one of your guns, your pistol. Yeah. Just hands it to him, not even a que- not even questioning. He spins it around and then puts this device on, and he like begins turning it into the the muzzle of the, or the barrel of your gun. And then, with a satisfying click, you hear the device like power up again with a a bit more authority. And this time, you can see that like the internals of the gun also like charge up as well and he hands it back to you and he says that thing should fit pretty much any 
standard issue barrel. As long as you don't do anything weird with your barrels, you can swap that thing onto any gun. Now, what I tried to do with it is uh, you can convert uh, any of your energy bullets or whatever mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. For as long as there's juice in the in the device, you can convert it to fire or electricity. Damn. Thank you. Um, and he's giving you the elemental overcharge attachment. Ooh, fun. For your gun. Uh, once a day as a swift action, uh, you can trigger the device to convert all damage dealt by that weapon to either fire or electric. Nice. Fire or electric. Fantastic. Um, and it lasts for 10 rounds or until you have to reload. Catherine, thank you. You saved my ass back there in that <laughs> fucking robot. So I figured this is this is a good way to thank you. And I mean, like, hell, for being honest, you saved my ass just flying me off a planet that was tearing itself apart. Uh, we get some shared credit on the flying off the planet, but I do appreciate it. Try to get some sleep if you can. But if you can't, there's plenty to do around here. Yeah, I, I see Short Jack running around fixing shit all the time. So maybe I'll just shadow him for a bit. Yeah, it's uh, be fair. The ships, sometimes it feels like it's just being held together by duct tape and some, some glue, even though it has run more consistently than any other engine I've ever used. Uh, he nods and gets up and picks up the bottle that's empty. And as he's leaving, he slides it into one of the like recycling bins and uh, just disappears down the hallway. Who would you like to do a cramped oh, quarters with? Fuck me, dude. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, you can do it with Kathan. You can do it with uh, Short Jack or Jenny. Uh, that you'll actually have to roll um, a cramped quarters, or you can approach any of the boys to have a conversation with. Man, that's heavy. I think I'm. I think I'm going to approach Short Jack. Okay, cool. Then roll me two d six. Seven. Okay, that's the the mixed one. You guys are going to learn something new about each other. Nice. I like that. Cool. Short Jack is currently just tuning something up in uh, the engine room. He's running some tests. He's really, really interested in the fact that uh, you guys just assimilated another Aeros shuttle. And when you go into the engine room, you haven't been there yet. The engine that once stood in the center is now like a dual core. So the engine itself has manipulated and is now two pillars. Uh, that feed up into those same four tubes that connect to the the ceiling. You got a lot done while we were away. I'm I'm really sad you missed it, but like I didn't do anything. It is all automated. You just sort of like slide it into the ship, and the ship sort of eats it. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> the way you're saying it, it makes it sound like it's not even a ship. I mean, like it's it it like you know it it opens and like it slots other pieces in and like shifts. It's it's fucking nuts, dude. Oh, man, is that just a part of the technology of this of this stuff? Is it just does that? That's the whole thing that the heiress were known for was the fact that like any number of ships can be one one big ship. That's that's what the cube is, really. I know that's what it's like meant to do, but it's just so strange to hear how seamless it is. You know, I was expecting it to be a little bit more, um, mechanical. Yeah, less plug and play. Hmm. I, it was. I really hope we can get another one so you can see it because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, when you have a moment, George, I do have a question for you. Yeah, shoot, man. Um, I kind of, I kind of need some advice with um. With the situation that happened on the planet, I'm not sure if you can help, but maybe you can. And maybe I hand him a data pad of like some stuff that I've been trying to go through or something. I've been trying to piece together what actually happened down there while we were away. 
did you happen to hear anything or do you know anything or anything I can like look at? In what way? What do you mean? Uh, to cause the planet to explode. Oh, I mean like the stuff that you seem to to to, to give us, like the all the all the data you guys were finding, it, it would seem like uh the planet was already at kind of critical mass and the second those spires went, it it kind of just sealed the deal. Yeah, but I guess the question is why were they at critical mass in the first place, right? Well, the the Iberium that they found um, was uh, as far, again, this is just what you guys sent back when you were finding stuff. Um, it seemed like that second vein was a little too big and they were mining it too aggressively for the spikes to, to deal with. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for something more than that. I know that we've got a lot of boogeymen kind of to deal with, with the Ministry <laughs> of Defense and yeah. Contra yeah. and Azen. Yeah. And now this, you know, cryptic Valai person taking over our friends. Don't forget my old family, the Fur Clan. Yeah. Yeah. Them. I understand that we've got a lot on our back, but sometimes things are just what they are. And sometimes this is just negligence. And it kind of fucking sucks that it killed that many people. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Trying to. There's been too much after us lately. It's hard not to assume that there's just. Around the corners, it's not something else that's equally as bad. Look, I'd almost prefer it if it was the <laughs> Ministry of Defense that, you know, destroyed the planet or Contra or, or something. But this was just, this was just people putting their needs over other people. Yeah. And I guess if, if you want to look at it that way, then like Contra and the Ministry of Defense are, are responsible for this. They're the ones who ignored the warnings and just kept pushing forward. So if you need a finger to point, they're the ones that should be pointed at. Yeah, fair. Thanks. It's just been it's been a lot lately, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, he seems kind of like sad when you say that. What about you? What have you been up to besides the ship or anything? I I came on this ship to, and don't get me wrong, it's been an experience and and one I wouldn't <laughs> trade in. <laughs> that's that's one way to word it. Yeah, an experience. But I was really hoping that I would find some sort of sign that my people are out there but we we haven't really come across any of that no i guess we haven't is there anything you know beyond just your existence i mean i i crashed on goa when i was little and that's that's kind of it and like i i kind of feel like cody every now and then of just being like i don't know where i came from mm-hmm. i don't even know what i'm looking for and what about the the ship that you crashed in there was nothing we could anyone could get from that they never found it i mean they found parts of it but i landed out in the fringe so the nobles and and fringe folks scavenged that thing almost immediately like they took everything yeah no that's and no leads at all huh no i don't know it just i i'm grateful for this and i'm glad i'm here but it really does feel like i might be alone and that that's scary. And again, I don't want it to seem like I don't have you. I If if you lot are, are what I end up finding, then I'm very happy. And I couldn't ask for a better found family, but I feel like it's hard for a tree to grow if it doesn't have any roots. Might not help, but I think all of us feel that in some way, shape, or form on here. My family hates me. Merrick's family hates him. Cody doesn't have a any type of... Or doesn't have a memory of any type of uh, background or whatever. Cathan's entire family explode not fit well maybe family I don't know uh, his entire planet explode in front of him I think the only one that's not really lonely who has a bit of a past is probably Jenny you're not alone in that way when you put it like that it's 
I mean, it's super depressing, but it's actually also... <laughs> yeah, I probably just made it worse. I'm sorry. No. Well, actually, darn it, it, it kind of helped. Because maybe maybe the roots that we need are each other. And maybe that's what, what tethers us to the ground. And maybe that's how we grow. Um, and he walks by and he, uh, he kind of like wanders past you and then stops, takes a couple steps back and gives you a really big hug. Yeah, I hug him back. It's... It was a teary conversation. Yeah. And then uh, he just sort of hooks his uh, little belt up to the the walkway and then just like falls off it and like descends down into the rounded bottom of the engine room. And I'm like, if you have any tasks to delegate, give it to Kathan. Okay, sounds good. We're going to pop on over to uh, Cody. Do you want to do anything? Uh, Cody's at the gym. Okay. Merrick, uh, it's kind of like middle day. Um, you guys have been here for a while now, um, and people are starting to sort of like get whatever they wanted to get done out of the way in the morning. And Short Jack is having a quick bite to eat at the bar and you're back there either cleaning up or, you know, making drinks for yourself, whatever you want to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And you open up one of the fridges and you see that there is a cake in there. And it's got his sort of signature uh, shortbread, like almost like a tiramisu around the the cake. You know what nice. I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's he's got that, and there's it's very clearly something that Short Jack. You you know his shortbread, and it's very clearly something that he made. Uh, Short Jack, you've been baking. Oh god, yeah, I completely forgot I did that. Um, this is a little embarrassing, especially with everything that's going on. Um, it was my birthday yesterday. Short Jack. Yeah. It was your birthday. Look, it's kind of weird to be like, hey, I know we just watched the destruction of an entire planet. By the way, I was born today. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, but as your captain, I should have I should have had something prepared either way. I apologize. I, I would be surprised if you knew my birthday. It's it's OK. Um, I did actually want to talk to you about something. Have you noticed like something happening in your room? Like a like a noise? Mm, no. Because, like, all last night, I was getting, I was hearing something from your room. And, like, I wasn't listening, but, like, it was, I could hear it. And I was just wondering uh, if it was a, another one of those, like, communication malfunctions. And we should probably get those fixed. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Maybe I'll go check it out. I mean, if you want to, like, it, look, it, it's one of those things, like, I, you know, I, I, I like fixing things. Can we, can we go check it out? Yeah, together, of course. Uh, you know, you, you've heard it. I have no idea. I was... Assuming asleep. Cool. Yeah, he hops off and uh, grabs the last little bit of his sandwich and uh, you and him walk over to your room. And when you open the door, there's uh, actually give me a perception check. Sure. Uh, That's going to be a 22. Um, You don't hear or see anything. And Short Jack like stops and his ears perk up and he's like, "Um, yeah, you hear that, right? No, Short Jack, whatever's happening is on a level that only you can hear. So what what are you hearing? Walk me through it. It's like a like a tinkling, like a little like a tingling ling like a, almost like a little chime, like a little chime, tinkling chime. It, it, I look to my plant. Is my plant doing something? Nope. I mean it's, it's doing something. Like those little moats are floating around and stuff. Yeah. Um and when you look to it, it makes like a little question mark in the moats. Oh, I'll get you a name someday, you silly little plant. Makes a little thumbs up. <laughs> I want to start going through my drawers. You do. Uh, you start rummaging through all your drawers. And when you open one, he's like, there, that's it. He just got louder. And you look down 
and it is the scepter that was carved out of the ivory with all the the orchids that you got from Voltaire. Oh, I forgot all about this thing. Um, and he's like, that the what, what what's in there? Oh, this we got this from Voltaire. I honestly don't remember what it's supposed to do, if anything. Um, when you pick it up and uh, take it out of the desk, it shoots out of your hand and directly at Shortjack. Shortjack, and he catches it as it like slows down. And he holds it in his hands for a second. And when he touches it, the thing begins to glow very, very bright. Uh, and he looks at you with concern. He's like, uh, do I, what, huh? And then he throws it to the ground and it stops glowing. Uh, did, you, did you hear anything? Did you see anything? I mean, it's like doing the little tingly chime thing. Did I mention it was chiming? Yeah, you mentioned that once or twice. He slowly walks over and bends down and picks it back up. And it glows again. He says, where where did you get this? Uh, from Voltaire. Okay. And I will remind you, um, when you were on Goa, there was a throne that was very, very similar. Because you made yeah. a note of it. Uh, there was a throne that the, the nobles were using as their throne that was made in a very similar fashion. Like, out of ivory, carved with orchids. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Shortjack. Uh-huh. This could have something to do with you, bud. What do you mean? Your, your your people. You can hear it. I can't hear it. It's reacting to you, my friend. I think we have a clue. Uh, what? What? What do you mean? What? You like what? And I know where there's a there's more of this kind of stuff back on Goa too. You saw this on Goa? Well, something similar. A throne. A throne? A throne. What the fuck would the throne? And suddenly, as he's holding it longer and longer, you notice that like his ears are extending a little bit. They're getting a little bit longer, and the fur on his hands are matching the black tips of his ears and are beginning to... There's like a black fur that's creeping up over his fingers and onto his knuckles. Don't be afraid of who you are, Short Jack. Focus on it. Okay. He closes his eyes, and he holds it tightly for a moment, and that black fur ends up stopping around his uh, wrist, and his ears have been extended a little longer, and they're now sort of not as floppy as they were before. And now they're sort of like directly straight up. Um, and the scepter remains bright, not as bright as it was, but there is a, a definite glow coming from it. And he looks at you and he just goes, this is fucking weird, right? Hey, happy birthday, short Jack. I think we're, we're on to something here. Um, okay. Let's go through the motions. Yeah. Cool. Sit down together, we'll meditate, I'll walk you through it, and I'll help you find your purpose, all right? Okay, C- cool, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, he, he walks over to you and he goes to hand you back the scepter. Oh, no, that's your short check. Um, you sure? Yeah, that happy birthday. Thanks. It's a little bit late, but um, we have to figure out what it did to you, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I feel bad taking it, I wish I could, like, I wish- I forgot I even had it, buddy. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it just it's yours, so I, I kind of wish I could, like, you know, maybe maybe you do keep it. And as he says that, a copy of it teleports into your hand. Oh, dear God. Um. Shortjack, are you a wizard now? I don't, I don't think so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wish we had a million credits. Huh? The ship just fills with credits, we all die. Nothing happens. All right, try smaller. I wish we had four credits. Uh? Nothing happens. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Let's try touching our sticks together to see what happens. <laughs> you know, I expected this to happen a lot earlier in the show, to be honest. <laughs> Weird way to phrase that, Merrick, but okay. And when he goes to raise to touch your scepter, uh, his goes right through yours, and yours flickers and wavers. Freaky. Uh, but yours is tangible. You can feel yours. Okay. And he says, huh, okay, hold on. Maybe, maybe we'll do this. And he concentrates. You can see him, like, focusing on something. And he points at the wall. And there's a brief, like, flash. And on your wall is a sign that says, Short Jack Rules. And when you look at it, the other one that you have, the copy that you have in your hand, glows, almost like a flashlight. And when you shine it on what he just made, it disappears. Are you think what I'm thinking, Short Jack? Like useless flashlights? Well, it's time for us to do some light vandalism. Oh, I like that. Let's put Durin Stinks on his wall. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, he's already up the door and running towards Durin's room. As am I. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, Durin, do you leave your door unlocked? Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, you guys burst into Durin's room and Short Jack focuses on the wall and Durin Stinks appears on it. Nice. Uh, and Short Jack's just like, this is useless, but great. Hell yeah. I don't know why I have the eraser, but I'm all about it. Well, what you have there, Der er, Merrick, is the Scepter of Petals. Once per day, you can reveal illusions and disbelieve them as if you had successfully passed your will save. Ooh, nice. Uh, and that's within 30 feet. Okay. All right. Who would you like to do a cramped quarters with? I'll do it with Kathan. Okay. I also have a seven. Cool. You see Kathan has finally gotten some sleep. Uh, he comes out of his room about late afternoon and kind of stumbles out. You can tell he's got a bit of a hangover and he uh, you catch him in the hallway. What would you like to do? Uh, Kathan, mm. I was just I just had a question for you. Yeah, shoot. I'm not going to ask you what you want to do. Obviously, you have a lot going on, but I was hoping uh, you would stick around for a little bit. We will, I would assume, be going to Sedona's Prime at some point in the near future. So at the very least, if you're willing to stick around and help us out till we get to your planet, and then whatever you want to do there, we're more than happy to help as repayment for giving us a hand. Uh, he nods, and he says, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I talked to Dern about it a little bit, but I guess you're the captain, so I got to clear it with you. Um, I want to make the people who did this to you, Saran, pay. And I know that's probably not a unique position to have. I sure the lot of you probably have a bone to pick with the ones responsible as well. And I would like to see that through. I'm not saying that this is a permanent thing, but until I get to put down the people who were responsible for destroying my home, I would... Uh, I'd like to be a member of the Persistence. We welcome you openly. It's uh, We're going to get to the bottom of this or die trying at this point. I wish we could have done more in Yusuron. I really do. You would have had to get there years before you did. I was there years before. I had the chance. Well, I, I had the chance too. I grew up there. I watched it happen and I decided that Lady Amberheart's crusade for vengeance was more important than staying true to to the man she loves desires. You know, if if Sebastian Grant had stuck around and 
did what he was trying to do, none of this would have happened. And I I let her convince me that getting payback was more important. And now payback is the only thing that does matter. Well, we'll make it happen. We'll stop this war. We'll find that evil, the lie, and we'll put a stop to it. Would you have done it, Catherine? Would I have done what? Kill Satir before he had the chance. That's a very tough call. I, I don't know the guy, but I don't think holding out hope for your friends is a sign of weakness. I appreciate that. If you need anything, uh, my door's always open. If you see any signs around that says, uh, Catherine stinks, don't mind that. Me and Short Jack are having some fun. All right, cool. Um, and he makes his way towards uh, the bathroom to, to go take a hot shower. Nice. Cody, you're in the gym. Mm-hmm. You're doing things. Mm-hmm. And as you're trying to, you know, bull rush this bag as far as you can, a sign appears in front of you as you're charging towards it that says, Cody stinks. Uh, I charge through it. I try to break it. Um, you run right through it. It's not tangible at the moment. And uh, you go right through it. And I think it would like definitely like ruin my like rhythm. So instead of like hitting the bag, I'd like almost fall into it or like clip off it at that point. Yeah. And you see Short Jack holding his little scepter. And you also notice that the physical changes as well, his, his bigger ears and his black hands. And he walks through and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize that would kind of goof you so bad. It's okay. I've taken a lot worse. Nice uh, gloves. Copying me. This is all me, baby. And he like brushes his fur around. Whoa, whole new Short Jack. I touched the scepter thing and it, it made my ears big and... Made my hands black. I like stretch his ear out, see it's longer. I'm like, guess we gotta call you Long Jack now. Ooh, I like that. That's a, that actually kind of slaps, Cody. <laughs> um, and he walks over and hops up onto a box and sits there with his legs dangling as he watches you kind of like reset everything. And he just goes, um, so you remember when I like died? Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, I mean it wasn't great. Well, you remember how upset you were? Yeah, and then you were fine. It all works out. Yeah, I can't help but notice that you're not fine. Oh, I'm I'm totally fine. So what's what's the wand in your hand? Alpha would love that. You can you could say people stink in the air. Cody, you you can say one thing and not be that thing. Well, I know because I don't stink. I shower every day. Uh, he sighs and he puts the scepter down and he sort of like leans forward on the box, kicking the sides of it with his feet. He says. Your friend died. Yeah, I was there. You don't seem like it bothers you. Uh, I'm going to roll my cramp quarters with short check. Okay. Two, four, so six. Okay, that's bad blood. <laughs> he looks at you and he says, you told me that you were upset that you couldn't protect me when, when I died, right? Yeah, and as I said, you were fine. Everything worked out. Do you remember what I said to you? That you wanted to protect me too. Yeah, I feel like I might not be able to, you know, fight a robot on a train or fly a spaceship through a crumbling planet, but I could also not let my friend hurt. And I feel like right now you, you're hurt. Uh, Cody smiles really big and he like claps Short Jack on the shoulder. He's like, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not hurting at all. He looks confused. He squints and he just says, so did Satir just mean nothing? Cody like grabs a towel and like wipes his like sweaty hair and slings over his shoulder and heads for the door. And as I'm leaving, I'm just like, no, I 
I turned it off. You turned what off? The pain. And I leave. Hello, Spatium Dane, here to do the things. Rapid fire, quick, pew, pew, pew. First and foremost, we hope you're enjoying the episode. Second, we have, uh, it's the end of the month, which means a ton of new uh, Patreon content is coming your way. There's going to be a new boss rush. I'm not going to tell you who it is until it's out, because secrets. Uh, We also have a new world primer on its way. It's going to be all about the uh, Tavern Oversight Guild and the Tavern program in a general sense. So I think this is probably the most requested thing. Whenever I talk about the homebrew world, people always want to add in the tavern side of stuff. Uh, So this will be a great chance to hop on over to the Patreon and uh, pick up this world primer because it's got everything you need to know to add taverns into your home game. Uh, You can head on over to patreon.com slash noquestcast or head on over to noquestcast.com and click the Patreon link. While you're over there at noquestcast.com, feel free to hit the Discord link and join the Discord. Our little family is growing by the day and it's just getting cooler and uh, better every day because more people are joining and and I can't express enough. And I think a lot of people think I'm uh, lying when I say this. But our community is one of the coolest online communities I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of a lot. If you want to see what I mean, head on over. Join the Discord. You'll be welcomed in by a ton of people. We'll love to see uh, your pet if you have one. We'd love to hear your fan theories, fan art, or just shoot the shit with other people who listen to the show, including us. And finally, if you are a TTRPG player or you're looking into getting into uh, playing a tabletop RPG, you need dice. And there is no better place to go to get your all your dice supplies than Misty Mountain Gaming. We made friends with them like a year ago at Fan Expo. They are incredible people. We love working with them. And we have an exclusive promotional offer for you. And that is to save 10% off the entire store. Anything you want from dice to accessories, anything, 10% off. All you got to do is use our code NOQUEST10. Once again, that is 10% off everything available at Misty Mountain Gaming with our code NOQUEST10. Like I said, quick and easy, nice and fast, in and out. Let's get you back to the episode. We will see you in two weeks' time. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, You guys are floating through space, and you need to come up with a plan. That was was why you got here. You've... (laughs) You've rested. You've kind of decompressed a little bit. You guys have gathered around the in the tavern uh, around the like sort of, you know, hollow table. And there is a projection. There's like a one corner. You see the the video of Satir that he left for you. Another corner, uh, you see a picture of Query. And then in the center is knee just kind of rotating in a hologram. All right. So what's what's the situation on knee? Not a lot. From what I remember, it's a big ice planet. Well, you can use Jenny's passive ability, which gives you a plus five to culture checks uh, while you're on the ship. Let's do that. That's going to be a 19 on the dice. Nice. 29. 
Cool. So the things you know about Knee, there is a asteroid, like a frozen asteroid belt around it. And it is, uh, as, as Merrick knows, it is a planet that is pretty much entirely covered in ice. It is absolutely cold. It, it is it's frigid. There are large swaths of like ice lakes and then like frozen tundra, essentially like knee deep snow. Um, there's a few cities. Um, there's a few uh, like settlements and stuff on it. There's a there's obviously like a big capital city. There's still a commerce and culture and stuff there. And anyone visiting me pretty much sticks to those areas. But outside of that, like it's there isn't a whole lot of uh, traveling that happens on me. Um, there's a few sort of natural wonders. The one the, the cave that Merrick went to is one of them. There's also uh, a big part of Knee is uh, there's kind of like two reasons to go to Knee. One, it's where people go to disappear. It is uh, pretty common for uh, bounty hunted targets or people who have bounties on them uh, go to Knee to hide out because it's one, a pain in the ass to get to, to fly through and navigate through the asteroid field. And two, it's just so fucking far away from everything and it sucks. So people kind of use knee as like their home free because it's usually not worth the trouble to go that far and hunt so there's a bit of a lost boy vibe to it in the sense that there's a bunch of people who are former criminals or whistleblowers or you know there's a whole collection of people who have escaped to knee and are trying to keep the lowest profile so you'd think that it would be kind of like surf and kind of a shithole but you actually have this like fairly well-constructed society because no one wants to ping on you know the people who they've tried to escape so it's a lot of people minding their own business it's a lot of people being very cordial it's a lot of people just kind of like doing not much like the bare minimum to survive and keeping their heads down and doing what they can to stay unnoticed so it's kind of like walking into a room where no one wants you to look at them um okay and second knee has a huge corporate uh, footprint in terms of the fact that there are a lot of R&D bases or facilities. There's a lot of manufacturing that happens on knee. There's no corporate head offices or anything, again, because it sucks there. But it's a lot of like these, it's a it's a remote place that people don't really have to worry about corporate, corporate espionage or uh, sabotage. It's a lot of just sort of like automated factories and R&D and stuff like that, that they can tuck away into a nice little corner under a snowdrift, underground in a mountain where they don't have to worry about things and they can just do what they need to do and without the scrutiny of sort of like more populated areas. Mm, so a little like that planet in Mass Effect. Yes. Hmm. Nice. Okay. That was my favorite mission. So I guess the R&D stuff's probably our, our uh, objective, I suppose. Well, yeah. So we find out who has... I'm assuming Contra's got some kind of footprint on here. Maybe we can get to the bottom of this Project Dahlia. I don't. That seems to be our best option now. I don't think we're prepared to go and to Sonoa Prime and try to deal with that yet. I feel like we need to get to the bottom of this a little bit further. Do we have any contacts on me at all? Um, hmm. You know what? Uh, Durin and Merrick, roll me a luck check. Eight. Ten. Oof. <laughs> then the answer to that question, Durin, is no. Fantastic. So we don't know what the situation is going to look like when we get there, do we? Well, it's once again, people keep to themselves. So it's uh, we'll just figure it out like we always do. Yeah, last time went real spe- real well. Um, hey, we're still alive and that's all that matters right now. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Catherine leans forward and 
stands up and says, if you're looking for your friend on knee, it's going to be tough to get people to talk. We're going to need, if, if you want my opinion, we're going to need to find someone who seems to know what's going on. And once we figure out who that person is, we need some dirt on them so we can press them. So who do we know that might have connections on knee? Jenny stands up and says, I gig there for a bit. When I first got trashed, um, the only place I could play was was bars in the middle of nowhere. And knee is about as middle of nowhere as you get. I, I have an inn at a couple bars on the planet. We can We can start there and... I can maybe grease the palms of some of the bartenders with a show or two, maybe, or or just some boring old credits, and maybe they can point us in the right direction. That's fair. That's you know, that's a good plan. That's something. Enough. All right. So when it comes to threats, threat assessment um, on me, we're probably going to end up running the contra. Uh, maybe that android again. I don't think will run directly into the uh, evil of a lie into nothing or nobody. I don't think we'll see Asin for a hot minute, but I could be wrong. Uh, you got a 29, right? Your culture check? Yeah, I did, yeah. Jenny zooms in on the asteroid field and says, now there is also uh, one other problem. The blood letters are known to have a base within the asteroid field. Uh, do they hold grudges? Yeah, I think so. Of course they do. They would. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what their situation is and how focused they are on you right now, but we might have to deal with that on our way in because their whole thing is, you know, piggybacking on other people's bounties and what better place to camp out than the place where everyone goes to escape bounties. So that is a, another concern we might have. How big is this base? Could we just drop a bomb on it? <laughs> I mean, we don't really have a a bomb big enough for that. Go buy one. I don't like these guys. Yeah, it's it's not really a base of base. It's sort of a synthetic asteroid or uh, an asteroid that they've hollowed out. So trying to pan it out or like pick it out from a crowd is uh, not an easy one. Pretty cool. Okay, we got blood letters. We got Contra. We'll avoid them and we'll shoot them in the face and then we'll do the same to Contra. It'll be great. Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we're headed to Neat. Maybe uh, maybe I'll reach out to Ashford before we before we go. Just be careful what you say. I know. Maybe she's been gooped the whole time. We just never knew. We need to get a goop detector. Hmm. Could you make How- one, Durham? Or Shortcheck? Or Kathan? Or all three? Uh, Kathan thinks about it for a second. He says a way to determine whether or not someone has been exposed to the silver liquid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he looks at Short Jack and he just says, we have a sample of it, right? Yeah, Merrick pulls out the sealed case from his robe. Maybe it gives off a certain type of isotope. We we might be able to. I mean, I could certainly try. Um, and Short Jack uh, goes and takes the, the vial off you, uh, Merrick, and he goes, yeah, I mean, like, at the very least, we can detect its presence. I don't know if we'll be able to detect whether or not someone's been exposed to it, but uh, just getting a, a good reading. And maybe a, a little warning when it's nearby. Give us a heads up if uh, this nobody person shows up again or as in just a little, you know, a split second can mean all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys could work on that over the next couple of days, that'd be, uh, that'd be a godsend. Uh, Short Jack and Kathan nod and they, they head over to the tech workshop together. All right. Um, 
I'm going to give Astrid a quick call. Yeah, cool. You can do it on this hollow table. The map and everything gets all pushed to the side as a calm opens up with Astrid. She she sees you and she goes, you know, I, I feel a little weird constantly saying this, but I'm really glad that you're okay. Sense motive. Uh, 25. Uh, she is genuinely relieved, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, lot happened. Yeah. This war is a scam. I'm sure you sort of put that together yourself. Yeah, everything is fucked over here. Yeah, Ministry of Defense, very gooped. Everyone is very gooped. There's people within Ministry of Defense that are under the influence. Probably oh, yeah. most of them. Yeah. Not even that. It seems like they're using it on their own people. So it's not that the gooping party is is using them. It's that they seem to have co-opted the goop themselves and are also using it in another equally terrible way. She leans back and sighs and she presses her thumbs into her temples as she slowly massages them. And she just says, the Federation is chaos right now with this war on Sonona's prime and fucking Decker is really rallying up and ramping up the whole propaganda machine. I'm really worried what the next couple weeks are going to look like. Thankfully, the Sononan Armada is not something to laugh at. There's a reason why they have stood uh, sovereign for as long as they have. Um, so I don't think a full-on assault is going to happen anytime soon unless someone breaks the tension currently. All it takes is one ship to to fire and it's going to be a fucking slaughter. But for the time being, the risk of invasion and the risk of all-out conflict is low. We're kind of in the Hooplink's first stage. I, obviously, I know you'll be busy with the chaos over there, but there are a couple things, if you have the time to, to look into, that could be beneficial to us. There's something on Sonona's Prime that whoever's pulling the strings is after. That's This is justification to go there to get something. Okay. So that could either be uh, the evil Valai God that we spoke to. Yeah, that happened. That was fun. At this point in time, I'm not surprised by much. Yeah. Yeah, we or, just kind of unload on you every so often. And we're yeah, sorry about that. You roll the punches. I appreciate it. Or there's something else. So I don't know how much information you were able to access. Let's know this prime about what that could be. And another thing is um, we ran into Azen again. And he's after Cody. <sighs> okay. Um, Anything that you can get on Contra. I don't care how irrelevant it seems, especially Mezos and especially his wife. We've mentioned Project Dahlia to you before, right? I don't know if you guys have specifically done it, but I assume that like you guys are in communication and, and if you want her to know about it, then she knows about it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. considering what we know between like the plans and the like what they were mining and, and yeah. that whole deal, I want to like just censor the details on that. We know it's important because they were willing to destroy a whole planet for it. And also that android came after us specifically because of that. So be careful. Um, also, are you gooped? Uh, she kind of like laughs for a second and just like, remember, if you are grouped, you have to say you legally have to tell, you have to tell us. Yeah, it's a, it's a rule that we just made up. I am not gooped now. I got a sense motive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a sense motive. Please. Yes. Oh, shit. That was a bad ten. rule. <laughs> 21. Sorry. 17. She's telling the truth. As far as you could tell. Yeah. I guess be careful who you talk to. I don't know who we can trust. As far as I know, we can't really trust anyone right now. Considering what we know about Contra's involvement in at least some of the things going on, I 
have been putting an APB out on Mazo. As far as I knew, he was doing one of his intermittent cryogenic freezing, which is why there's another woman currently heading the corporation. But his ship was just spotted, and it would be strange for someone other than him to be using it. Huh. Where, Where was it spotted? Let me guess. It was on knee. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's go kill this motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> well. You're perky. Astrid leans forward and she says, look, I understand that you have an issue with Contra. And I understand that there is a history uh, with Contra. But killing the most powerful man in quite possibly the universe is not the route you should go. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Are you lying, Cody? (laughs) Yep. Give me a bluff check. (laughs) What is my bluff? My bluff is minus one. That is a nine. Uh, Astrid leans forward and you see her take a demeanor that you probably haven't seen her take before. And she looks at you, Cody, and she says, Cody, you will not attack Mezo. I'm happy with you defending yourself if you have to, but working with the Tavern Guild and being official envoys of us does not give you carte blanche to dispense whatever justice you think you are owed. Do you understand me? Okay, sure. Are you lying again? Yep. <laughs> she looks at you and she says, I'm being serious. If you do this, you will be cut off. You will not be a part of the Tavern Guild. You will not be able to take contracts. I will not help you. We are not some murder machine going out for personal vengeance. And if that's what you're looking for, tell me right now. Just be honest with me, and we can call it a day. I'm looking for a lot of things. Great. I understand that. And I understand that you guys have all been dealt a pretty raw deal. But I'm putting a lot on the line to help you. And you guys are putting a lot on the line to help everyone. But what I will not allow is the you know, the flippant killing of people because they've hurt you in the past. That's not what we do here. And if that's what you want to do, then like I said, you can go independent. Yeah. Oh, look, 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 look. We're not going to, you know, get Durin with a sniper 500 miles away on top of a mountain peak, shooting down bullets at the guy. No, no, no. We're not that crude. But if we get to the bottom of this and we find hard evidence that this Project Dahlia is what started all of this, is what destroyed you, Sarah. Is what got this awo- awoken, this lie to, you know, cause a war and end the universe. Then we will go to the man and we will ask questions and then we will deal with the answers as we see fit. But I promise you, we will not go out of our way to just, out of nowhere, kill the guy. Okay. And she sits back into a normal stance. Uh, she says, I can give you as much details as, as my contacts have about his dealings on me, they're going to be, as you can imagine, pretty sparse, but I will I will do what I can to get you the information, which can hopefully point you in the right direction, because I think you are right. Whatever this Project Dahlia is, seems to be pretty integral to a lot of things, and if this is the the lead we have, and if this is the nut we can crack, hopefully we can start filling in the gaps. All right. Uh, thank you, Astrid. We appreciate the support, and we'll keep you in the loop as much as possible. Uh, we'll be heading to Knee this evening. She nods and says, if there's anything else you can think of, feel free to reach out. If I find anything, 
of uh, immediate importance, I'll reach out as well. Thank you. She hangs up. So you guys are charting a course to knee, or does anyone want to talk about anything or do anything? Off to knee? Okay. Off to knee. Remember what she said, Cody. If you have to do it, make it look like self-defense. Okay. And now I'm not lying. <laughs> I hop in the driver's seat. Oh, one sec. Everybody, one sec. Everyone back here for one minute. Oh, yeah. Sure. I get the cake from the fridge that Short Jack made for himself, and I put a candle in it. Oh. <laughs> Wait, whose birthday is it? What's this? It's Short Jack's birthday yesterday. Oh, my God. What? You didn't even tell me. Yeah, why didn't you tell any of us? Well, okay, never mind. That answered itself, yeah. Yeah. I don't... What? <laughs> okay, well, happy birthday. Shit. Happy, happy birthday, Short Jack. I didn't get you anything. Would you, would you like a smoke grenade? <laughs> Hell yeah, what a smoke grenade. Nice. And I, I give him one of my only two left. Jenny pulls hers out and they like clink it. <laughs> they like cheers it. I cheers with my one. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys have a nice little little break of uh, a brief moment of levity as uh, you guys enter into the drift towards knee as you uh, have some of it's a delicious cake. It It's great. Short Jack has done a very good job making himself a birthday cake. Um, and there's a moment where like tensions seem to to lower a little bit and everyone seems to kind of forget the problems that they're currently facing. And uh, you guys have a little birthday party for short check. Kind of love that. But before you exit out of the drift, you guys get a notification and it comes with like this little like jingle and you get a notification that there is a knickknacks mobile shop nearby. <laughs> All right, boys, let's spend our stolen money. Uh, I also forgot to mention on air um, the cred stick that uh, Azen threw at you to pay for Cody uh, was worth 30,000 credits. So you guys are getting uh, 10,000 credits each for this shopping adventure. So if you guys, if you want to do a quick little bit of, bit of shopping real quick, let's buy some stuff. You see even like within the drift, a little uh, shop comes slattling up beside you and then uh, slowly turns and latches onto the side of your ship and the hollow screen in the center where Astrid was now gets pushed to the side and a like shop interface appears and once again it's got like one of those uh, hologram sort of like computerized version of Nyx standing behind the desk is it actually Nyx or is it is it like a pretend Nyx it's like a hologram Nyx okay okay yeah, he's there's a hologram version of him at every store. Every now uh, and then it's it's actually him, but he's mostly based on the cube. All right, cool. Um, OK, we'll start with uh, Merrick. Um, yeah, Merrick just realized I haven't bought a single ability crystal. Uh, OK, so I bought my plus two and my plus four. Cool. What uh, what abilities are you modifying? Uh, plus two to charisma, plus four to strength. Nice. Good. That's what we need for Merrick is him to put yeah, more damage. Is plus six. Nice. Nice, dude. All right. Um, easy peasy. Yeah, you you plug in the you know, you type in your searches and uh, what kind of what kind of crystal are you getting? Because I know there's like um, Magitech. Yeah, I'm going to go just magic, like pure magic crystals, like just something a little bit more maybe that came from his home planet or more Kasothan, like a little bit more old school. I think he wants to honor that little part of himself a little bit more after what just happened on Yusuron. OK, cool. Um, what uh, what part like what, what do they look like? How are you affixing them to you? So he's got, uh, I think he's going to wear like a um, one, like the one for charisma sort of around his neck, which is like a nice light yellow hue. 
And then the one for strength is going to be sort of a bracelet on his right arm. It's like a bunch of little red gems sort of put together. Nice. Durin, what are you picking up? So I felt like my melee game was lacking. So I got a Switchblade Ultra Thin. Um, okay. <laughs> operative weapon, analog, and it's concealable. Okay. But I kind of imagine it like utilitarian and Velcro, but like almost Assassin's Creed style, like on on his arm. So um, it's funny. That is exactly what I was thinking as well, where it's like it just kind of like slides out of you. Yeah, yeah, and because it's a switchblade, it can actually be, I can use, I can um, equip it as a swift action, so. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, yeah, so it kind of fits that whole, like, thing, so yeah, that's what I'm going for. Very, very cool. And that was all my money. Nice. And finally, Cody, what are you picking up? I'm going to upgrade my uh, level 2 enhancement to a level 4 for strength. I'm going to put a level 2 on dex. Um, okay. Can I get a like technological augment thing, a cybernetic? Yeah, as long as it's uh, like one level or two levels above, uh, or, or yeah, it's yeah. level three. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get thruster heels. Okay, and then my last thing is a giant box that I guess gets shipped over, and I'm gonna like drag it into my room, and when I come out later, I'm holding a giant hammer the size of me. Okay. A paramagnetic storm hammer. Jesus. <laughs> what, a, what a name. Yeah. Uh, what do the thruster heels do? Uh, essentially, like, a, a various, like, bonuses to, uh, like, athletics or flying, depending on what I'm doing. But most importantly, a plus two to uh, bull rush. So, yeah, you guys uh, put in your orders, and there is a chunking sound as a box gets thrown through uh, one of the delivery ports on the ship and you guys get all your, your goodies and the shop detaches and disappears into the drift. As you guys are, your your journey is nearly complete in the drift and you are nearing the exit point right before the asteroid field of Ni because you can't teleport into it. You have to navigate through it. Otherwise, your ship will most likely get smashed to bits. Once again, the consoles on your ship begin flickering. And there's that weird sort of like, you know that noise that things make when there's a cell, like the cell phone used to like fuck with your headphones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That starts happening. And then all your heads up displays, all of your monitors turn off and you feel everything in the ship kind of lose power. And hmm. you are pulled out of the drift as even your drift engine stops. And you are just sort of spinning. And you guys are like in this this spiral from the force of getting ripped out of the drift. And on the screen in front of you is a pixelated skull in a sort of like 8-bit Space Invader style. <laughs> in front of you on the windshield, a communications opens up forcefully you don't even accept it it just happens and on it is veil oh fuck yep their right arm is completely missing and the uh, white jumpsuit that they wear is stained with the dark biosynthetic liquid that runs through them and they are holding their arm sort of like draped over their neck and they look rough their nose looks broken, their lip is split, they have a black eye, and they look dead into the camera at the three of you. And they say, hello assholes, you have some fucking explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> 